If anyone asks you, you should be ready to give the reason for your hope. Have you ever been in a situation where you have to explain your hope? I know I have. People, for example, will often ask me why I am a priest or why I stay a priest. Sometimes it's the first thing that they ask on meeting me. And usually the whole idea is just so unfathomable that they have to ask. How do you live with celibacy? How can you live with all these scandals? How can you be part of a structure that treats women the way the church does? Why would you want to be a priest when the shortage of priests means that your working and living situation will become worse and worse? How do you continue when you've been treated so badly? Now, aside from the false premises behind some of these questions, most of them are, beneath the surface, questions demanding to know the reason for my hope. People asking these questions sometimes either see too much change in the church or not enough, but they believe that our most of our existing structures, including my life, are on shaky ground. And what people are usually hoping for, I find, is the reassurance that it's not as bad as it looks from the outside, or that there is something else that gives me hope. Well, the truth is, on one level, it is as bad as it looks on the outside. But fortunately, there is still reason for hope. More on that in a minute. So what do you say? What's the reason for your hope? The reason for my hope, and I suspect for the hope of many of us, can be summed up in a phrase in today's gospel. I will not leave you orphaned. We have a promise from the Savior that we are not abandoned. The Lord's departure at the Ascension celebrated on this coming Thursday in New York, Philadelphia, Boston, and a few other places, and next Sunday, everywhere else, that ascension doesn't mean that we're being left on our own. The Holy Spirit has been sent to us, individually and collectively, and that's the reason for our hope. We have not just the written word of God to guide us, and not only the example of Christ himself, We have the Holy Spirit given to us individually at our baptism and sealed at our confirmation. We have the Holy Spirit given to the church at Pentecost with the promise that we will not be abandoned. The Spirit of God lives in us to guide us, strengthen us, and to give us courage and joy. The presence of the Holy Spirit doesn't guarantee that we will always make the right choices or that we'll never be afraid or that we will always feel that joy. But it does guarantee that we're not alone in the struggle. It guarantees that despite trials and persecutions, misunderstandings and controversies, we will emerge victorious with Christ. When the author of the first letter of Peter, who for convenience sake I will call Peter, wrote that we need to be ready to explain our hope, it wasn't because people were lining up to join this new perfect church. People were lining up 
and being thrown to the lions and put to the sword. The presence of the Holy Spirit gave them the strength to remain faithful to the message of the gospel, even in the face of terrible suffering and death. In these challenging times, when our world has been put on pause, and when people are facing illness and unemployment and isolation and fear, it might seem like there's not much to hope for. But that's not what I observe. I see people using this pause to reassess what's most important in their lives and focusing on family and friendships and simplifying their commitments. I see people filling their time with cooking and making music and gardening and helping their neighbors and all kinds of creative endeavors. True, the news shows us footage of protesters and people defying distancing protocols, but that's only because people doing what they are supposed to do is not newsworthy. The fact is we can see this time of staying home and struggling to cope either as a fear response or we can choose to see it as the biggest single act of global solidarity in the history of the world. Our real enemy is the virus, and regardless of our politics or our circumstances, we are absolutely in this together. And oddly enough, that gives me hope and shows me that even in times of isolation and illness, disappointment and fear, the Holy Spirit is still active and will guide us through these rough waters. This is the reason for our hope. It's the reason I'm a priest still, and I believe it's the reason that during this pandemic, people continue to participate in our live stream masses, continue to pray, and and continue to look for ways to live out their discipleship. That these times are still difficult and still uncertain is not a surprise but we have the Holy Spirit in our community and in ourselves. And so even in these times, God is present to us. And in these times, we need to remind ourselves that Christ will never leave us orphaned, individually, as a church, or as a global human community. This is the reason for our hope. We are loved by God, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and asked to share that love and empowerment with the rest of the world.